the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Todd Starn Show, sponsored by Legacy Precious Metals. There's never been a better time to invest in precious metals. Visit LegacyPMInvestments.com. That's LegacyPMInvestments.com. Live from the Liberty University studio in Memphis, Tennessee, it's America's favorite gun-toting, Bible-clinging, deplorable American. That's us. That's right. I love this American right. Todd Starnes. Oh, yeah. Well, ladies and gentlemen, these are certainly extraordinary circumstances. A welcome to the Todd Starnes radio program. And uh, we have had a chance to go through a number of the videos that were played yesterday, last night on Fox News Channel, a Tucker Carlson show. We know that Speaker Kevin McCarthy gave Tucker and his team exclusivity. And uh, based on the information that has already come out, I feel very comfortable in saying that anyone who was arrested and charged with trespassing, uh, charged with anything other than a crime. If they stole something, if they burned something or broke something, they got to pay for that. You know, that's uh, th- they broke the law. But anybody who was in that building should be set free from jail right now today. We can say beyond a shadow of a doubt that the narrative advanced by the J6 committee was a falsehood. It was a lie. Now, you could say, well, Todd, it was maybe a half-truth, but it doesn't matter. A lie is a lie is a lie. And the information that the J6 committee put out, the videos they put out, by the way, with the help of a professional film producer, clearly has been exposed. And there are 41,000 hours of this video that uh, Tucker and his team have. Now, my one complaint with Kevin McCarthy is this should have been released to the general public so we all could have seen it for ourselves. And you could have had a lot of people uh, on board here going through and looking at this, reviewing this this video. But we've got, folks, I'm telling you, the Democrats and the drive-by media are running scared right now. Just a few moments ago, Chucky Schumer took to the floor of the U.S. Senate, and he has gone completely bonkers. Cut number 15, please. Last night, millions of Americans tuned in to one of the most shameful hours we have ever seen on cable television. With contempt for the facts, disregard of the risks, and knowing full well he was lying, lying to his audience, Fox News host Tucker Carlson ran a lengthy segment last night arguing the January 6th Capitol attack was not a violent insurrection. By diving deep into the waters of conspiracy and cherry-picking from thousands of hours of security footage, Mr. Carlson told the bold-faced lie that the Capitol attack 
which we all saw with our own eyes, was somehow not an attack at all. He tried to argue it was nothing more than a peaceful sightseeing tour. Can you imagine? A nonviolent demonstration, a perfectly fine and appropriate instance of people expressing their opinion. I, so many others who were here in the Capitol, and millions and millions of Americans are just furious with Tucker Carlson and Kevin McCarthy today. Many of my staff were here at the Capitol on January 6th. Their lives were put in danger, as were the lives of many of my colleagues, as well as police, maintenance staff, reporters, countless others. At one point, I was within 30 feet of the rioters. One of them, I was told, shouted out, let's get him before my detail pulled me away and we ran in the other direction. To say January 6th was not violent is a lie, a lie pure and simple. I don't think I've ever seen a primetime cable news anchor manipulate his viewers the way Mr. Carlson did last night. I don't think I've ever seen an anchor treat the American people and American democracy with such disdain. All right, so we're going to be opening up the phone lines here. I'm First of all, I'm curious to know if you actually saw the video. If not, we have it on ToddSterns.com. You can watch it there. Chuck Schumer is now telling us, don't believe your lying eyes. That's what he's telling you. So here's the question. You saw the video. The video is not lying. Now, we know for a fact that the J6 committee, they altered the video, they edited the video to make it appear as if it was something that it was not. Now, did Tucker Carlson and his team do the same thing? I don't know. I do not know. But something is is not quite right. And I am prone to believe Tucker Carlson. I don't know about you, but I'm prone to believe Tucker But based on the video evidence that I've seen, it's clear to me that the J6 committee tried to pull a fast one over the American people. And they're counting on you not caring. That's what they're counting on. They're counting on you not paying attention here. They wanted you to believe that this was some sort of a violent insurrection when, in fact, there is clear video evidence of U.S. Capitol Police moving things aside, opening up the doors, escorting some of the insurrectionists throughout the entire building, and even going so far as to try and open locked doors for these for these people who apparently were considered to be domestic terrorists. So this tells me that there's a whole lot more to this. The, th- this is not the resolution. This is not the end game here, folks. This just This just adds more questions to the pile of questions that we have about what went on that day. And we, I think the American people deserve to know what happened. Now, we've been pretty clear here from day one when the, the, the riot took place during this national radio program. And I I offered you live commentary, my take on what I was seeing, and it was disgusting what I saw. And I conveyed that to you. But right now, we're looking at people that are doing hard jail time. There are murderers literally walking the street right now. Meanwhile, you've got folks whose only crime was to walk into that building at the request of the U.S. Capitol Police. If I'm an attorney, that's entrapment right there. Entrapment. 
So we're going to play through a lot of this this audio today. I, I want to explain how why, and why Tucker, why Chuck Schumer is so terrified right now. Chuck Schumer, this is unprecedented, and this they Tucker's got them on their heels now because they know the jig is up. And old Chucky Schumer is demanding that Fox News Channel remove Tucker Carlson from the air. Well, what for? Cut number 16. An insult to every police officer who was on the scene that terrible, fearful day. It's an insult to the memory of every single person who perished in connection to the attack, especially to the memory of Brian Sicknick. Nonviolent? Ask the Sicknick family. It makes me sick just thinking about what his family must be going through this morning. And it's an insult to everyone who cares about our democracy and wishes to preserve the dream of our founders in our day, in our age. I hope every member of this chamber will call out Fox and Mr. Carlson for defending the insurrectionists. And again, I am disappointed and angered in Speaker McCarthy's decision to share sensitive security footage with Mr. Carlson. Speaker McCarthy was here that day. He knows what actually happened. His staff and members suffered like everyone else, but he chose cheap political expediency over truth and preservation of democracy. I condemn Mr. Carlson for siding with the enemies of democracy. I strongly condemn Speaker McCarthy's actions and fiercely oppose his decision to share this footage with Carlson. I urge Fox News to order Carlson to cease propagating the big lie on his network and to level with their viewers about the truth, the truth behind the efforts to mislead the public. Conduct like theirs is just asking for another January 6th. Oh, the truth, Chucky. The truth will set you free, Chucky. And that's what Tucker Carlson did last night, ladies and gentlemen. He dropped truth bombs across America, carpet bombed the nation with the truth. Now, we got to take a break here. We're going to go to the phone lines when we come back. But do you agree with me that we need to release these people from prison? They have done nothing wrong. Those who just walked right in at the request of Capitol Police, they deserve to be walked right out of jail by the close of business today. Do you believe what you saw last night, and do you believe that the J6 committee lied to the American people? 844-747-8868. That's a toll-free telephone number. That's 844-747-8868. This is the Todd Stern Show. Friends, last year, your dollar lost a ton of value. Inflation rose by almost 7% in just one month towards the end of the year. That means in 30 days, your dollar became 93 cents. Inflation is a silent killer. It's a hidden tax felt by everyone. And this administration is only making it worse. Inflation is not slowing down. It's escalating quickly. But gold provides a hedge against inflation and can protect your family's wealth. Legacy Precious Metals is the company I trust for investing in gold and silver. You have to take the threat seriously, friends. Oil prices are rising. We have supply chain issues. All of this going to compound our inflation problems. You can trust Legacy Precious Metals because they give you unbiased counsel based on your personal situation. It's time to be proactive before you regret it and take steps now to protect yourself. 
Call Legacy Precious Metals. You can speak to an IRA expert at Legacy Precious Metals at 866-528-1903 or download their free investor's guide at LegacyPMInvestments.com. So we're all about putting together the puzzle pieces on this uh, this radio program. And we're also very, very cautious in jumping to a conclusion. So that's why we've been asking a lot of questions, and we haven't really been getting an answer to those questions. And it goes back to, well, it's well beyond the, the, the presidential election. But, for example, when it comes to the FBI and the deep state, we know that they hated Trump. We know that Peter Strzok and Lisa Page, going back to the text messages, they had an insurance policy. They were going to stop Trump no matter what, but they could not. And why was that, ladies and gentlemen? Because President Trump is sort of like the roadrunner. And the liberals and the FBI and the deep state, they're sort of like Wiley e. Coyote. And every time Wiley e. Coyote thinks they've got the roadrunner, guess what happens? A giant acme anvil falls on the deep state. And that's what happened. Trump was never supposed to be president. And the problem is they knew. They knew that Trump was not going to take the election sitting down of 2020. And so they had to come up with a plan, a strategy to stop Trump from ever being able to run for office again. Remember, that was the whole point of all of this. They wanted to stop Trump from ever being able to run for office again. That's it. And that's what this was all about. So maybe, just maybe, there was somebody up on Capitol Hill in Nancy Pelosi's office who realized, hey, wait a second, we're going to have a lot of very angry, very upset MAGA people in Washington, D.C., on January the 6th, let's take advantage of that. That that now seems to be a reasonable theory based on what we already know, that the U.S. Capitol Police were told to stand down, that President Trump offered to provide troops to secure the Capitol, and those, those recommendations were rebuffed. We know that Nancy Pelosi just happened to be, on that day, a documentary crew in her office filming everything. Far too many consequences, far too many um, just coincidences, far too many. So is it possible that all of this was fabricated? By the way, the FBI acknowledges that they had boots on the ground, people embedded, but they never have told us exactly how many, and they never told us what their involvement, what their role was in planning all of this. So I'm curious, what do you think January 6th was really all about? And based on the videos you saw last night on Fox News Channel, do you believe you're getting the real story, the full story, the rest of the story? 844-747-8868. Let's go to Georgia. Pamela on the line, listening to us on WDUN. Pamela, what say you? I say uh, Chuck Schumer thou dost protest too much. I mean, he went on and on and on. But my opinion is is that Tucker is trying to get to the truth because having watched the videos, um, he showed both sides of the story. He showed the peacefulness of it, the people just walking through the Capitol, 
and looking around. He also showed those who, you know, the ne'er-do-wells who were going to be in any place at any time. So I think he tried to get and is still trying to get to the truth of the matter, whereas the January 6th committee, um, so-called January 6th committee, um, was out for blood from the beginning. I, I do think that they had no um, intention of getting to the truth, just their truth. Certainly looks that way, and I mean the the editing of the the video from the J six yes. committee. That's what's even more troubling is that we did not yes. get to see this in real time, and it was a lot of it was taken out of context, including uh, the the Senator Josh Hawley segment. I don't know if you saw that where he was. They said, "Oh, he was running for his life," but it turns out yes. he was not, as we now right. know. Unbelievable. And of course, we don't we don't have any video of uh, Schumer, as he said. His detail was scurrying him off so that he would be safe and protected. We don't have any proof of that. Only his word. That's it. That's it. All right, Pamela. Thank you for that call. As a matter of fact, here's the audio uh, cut number three. When the committee wasn't accusing Republican office holders of planning riots on January sixth, it was accusing them of running away from those riots like cowards. In the case of Senator Josh Hawley of Missouri, the committee and their allies accused him of both. Josh Hawley is a To prove that Josh Hawley was a coward, the committee released video of him loping out of the building on the afternoon of January 6th with a police escort. The tape became a staple on social media. Democrats laughed with derision. Later that day, Senator Hawley fled. After those protesters, he helped to rile up, stormed the Capitol. See for yourself. <laughs> but in fact, the surveillance footage we reviewed shows that famous clip was a sham, edited deceptively by the January 6th committee. The clip was propaganda, not evidence. The actual videotape shows that Hawley was one of many lawmakers being ushered out of the building by Capitol Hill police officers. And in fact, Hawley was at the back of the pack. The coward tape was a lie, one of many from the January 6th committee. All right. So, uh, again, Chucky Schumer, where are you, sir? Explain yourself. You've got CNN, MSDNC. The entire media establishment is coming after Tucker Carlson here. But, folks, Tucker's got the goods. You can't look. The camera doesn't lie. There you go. All right, let's go to Ella J, Georgia. Our good friend Joe from Ella J. Joe, what do you take? What's your take on Tucker? Todd, I, I listen. I watched Tucker last night. I totally believe Tucker, and I certainly believe him over Chuck Schumer. I think the the Democrats. Uh, I think that I think it's so bad. I think Trump's going to be elected with the biggest landslide in history. I think we'll take over the Senate, and I'm I'm so excited. I feel so good about Trump, and I think you're a great radio show will help Trump and the Republicans win landslide victories. Plus, I think the stock market will go to an all-time high. But, yes, I totally believe Tucker. I certainly believe him over uh, over Schumer. And uh, I think he's a hero. He's a hero to Joe McCutcheon, and I'm sure he is to Todd Starnes. All right. Joe, appreciate that call. Good hearing from you. Uh, folks, again, the video is the video. Now you have... You have the January 6th committee's version, and then you have the actual video itself. And by the way, the instigator, the lead instigator, the the guy dressed up in the horns, the QAnon shaman, shaman, 
Um, shaman, shaman, the QAnon shaman. That guy was being escorted around the entire building like he was some sort of a celebrity by the Capitol Police. Well, that's that's not what the J6 committee said. They said he was the the ringleader, the, the instigator here. What, what's up with that? All right, we got to take a break here. 844-747-8868. Go to the website, folks. We have the video. You can watch it there. You can re-watch it there. What are we missing on this? We'll be right back, America. All right, welcome back to the Todd Starnes Radio Show. By the way, President Trump weighing in. He's pretty upset about all of this. Uh, President Trump says uh, the folks on the J6 committee should be tried for treason. This is uh, on the uh, Truth Social website. I'm going to read this to you. Tucker Carlson, a must-watch tonight, released releasing more video. Uh, this was about three hours ago, so there more videos coming tonight. Releasing more video, which was hidden by the crooked J6 Unselect Committee. They should be prosecuted for their lies and, quite frankly, treason. Well, I agree, Mr. President, but unfortunately, it's not a crime to lie to the American people. Unfortunately. Well, I want to go to the Patriot Mobile Newsmaker line. Great American Patriot, our national crime reporter, Robin Poffman, joins us. And, Robin, we're going to get to what's happening in Atlanta in just a moment. I, I want to get your take on these videos that came out last night. Tucker Carlson deserves a Pulitzer. You know, it's interesting, Todd. It really reminds me, and good afternoon to you and all your listeners, it reminds me how corrupt the mainstream media is because – it's that process of selective editing to show a narrative of what you want to show the audience or what you want them to see or hear, just like in the movies, right? People go out and shoot a movie. They shoot, what, 40,000 hours of, of tape, and then they edit the movie, and then you get the movie that you see in the movie theater that's, what, an hour, an hour and a half long. They've been shooting the movie for two months. And this reminds me of the same thing, where there's, 40,000 hours of footage, and then we saw little snippets from the J6 committee. And it's interesting to me to watch, you know, who everybody calls the shaman, you know, the guy who was all dressed up. If he was such a threat walking around the Capitol with the police, with the Capitol Police, why wasn't he arrested? Now, people who broke windows, people who did damage, people who are actually committing crimes, yeah, cuff them, off to jail you go. But if you're just, you know, milling around and he wasn't posing a threat, screaming it, there's, I didn't see anything of him, you know, screaming any foul language or he was going praying. to you. Right. So what crime did he commit? And then he's, and, and what about the officers, right? So if, if they felt threatened of this guy, clearly he was dressed up. Everybody calls him the QAnon shaman, whatever. But he was sentenced to what? Four years, Todd. So I think that there's dueling narratives here. I think people are seeing what they want to see. 
Yeah, but the problem here is you've got a lot of those people, including uh, Mr. Uh, furry Hat Horny uh, Head people, uh, like the, the the QAnon guy. He's he's doing doing hard time right now. Uh, they've spent more time in jail than a lot of people accused of murder. So I, it seems to me, at the very least, if if you didn't break anything, if you didn't steal anything, and you were invited in by the police, you need to be sent home right away and have their records expunged. No doubt about it. And then look at everything that went on with BLM and Antifa, people that set, you know, rioters, criminals that set buildings on fire, destroyed police cars, not spending, forget about a day in jail, not an hour in jail. So this makes no sense. This is purely political. And I think it's going to be very interesting to see how this evolves. Now, granted, not everybody is watching Fox News and Tucker Carlson, but I'm sure he's going to get a bump in ratings. And it's interesting to me how Kevin McCarthy, the House Speaker, selected him to air the video. Yeah, you know, and that's if if I were saying possible misstep, Robin, I would have like to see that video released to either multiple news agencies or just put it all out there. Because, again, you're going to get the allegations that Chucky Schumer uh, was spewing this morning that, oh, well, this is. But, you know, it's interesting. Chucky never said anything was selectively edited. He just had a problem with the video being out there. You know, the thing is, though, if you, and, you know, we're not going to sit here and name names. We could, Todd. We could name a lot of names. <laughs> yeah, we could. But there are bosses people in charge, networks, radio and TV newspapers, where you could put that 40,000 hours of tape, of video on their desk, and they would throw it right into the trash and not even look at it. And we know these people personally, Todd, and that is just the truth. I mean, you know, the person who exposed all this back in the day was Bernard Goldberg, who worked at CBS as a network correspondent in his New York Times bestselling book, Bias, and then the book Arrogance and A Slobbering Love Affair. I mean, I was a big fan of all these books because it exposed the mainstream media for what it was way before Donald Trump ever called it the fake news. This has been going on for decades. No, no, it has. And and I'm glad and I'm proud of Tucker for putting all of that out there. I know they're going to get a lot of get a lot of flack for it. But Robin, there something is just not right about all of this. And I know we still don't have the story, even though all this video is coming out. We don't have the end game here. And it certainly is beginning to look like, you know, putting together those puzzle pieces that there was an effort to take out Donald Trump and to maybe create something that might have gotten out of hand on J6? I think that there's still an effort to take him down. And with all these pending indictments uh, in Atlanta, the Fed, the special counsel, the Justice Department, the New York City case, I mean, it goes on and on and on. They don't want him in. It's very simple, Todd. You can name all the things you love and all the things you hate about Donald Trump. But the number one thing that the deep the deep state doesn't want is the swamp being exposed. It's all about that. Because if he gets back in office, he will expose all of the corruption, the deep roots in the FBI that are corrupt, the deep roots in the CIA that are corrupt. And it goes on and on. And until you take out those characters, all of that left-wing bias that have infected these agencies like a cancer, 
you're not going to have an objective FBI in the way that we once revered the FBI. You're absolutely right. Go all the way back to Peter Strzok and his lover, his paramour, Lisa Page, talking about having the insurance policy to make sure Trump never got elected. Again, they thought they had him. But, Robin, we described it. President Trump, the roadrunner, the deep state Wiley Coyote. Yes, no question about it. Did you watch the uh, CPAC speech? Just out of curiosity, it, it was um, it was Trump. What did you What do you say about Trump all the time? <laughs> he's from Queens. He's from. He's large and in charge. That's large and in charge, and what do you expect? He's from Queens. You know, when he makes the comments, this is, you know, people on the streets in Queens, New York. I challenge anyone to go there and all the expressions that i grew up on you know living across the river in new jersey and he just reminds me for better or for worse todd he reminds me of home the nicknames it's uh little d is that they're working on that one for desantis little d right i know right it's little terrible. d not, not right. confused, little rocket man below the belt um Hey, Robin, I got to ask you about this situation in Atlanta. It looks like Sherman, when he came through back in the 1860s, what the heck's going on there? You got Antifa down there going to war with the with the police, and nobody's talking about it on the national stage. Yeah, it, it, it's really it's a scary situation. Basically, I'll sum it up in about 30 seconds for you. There is a parcel of land, acres and acres, right on the edge of Atlanta between Fulton and DeKalb County, and they are putting up a 90 million, that's nine zero million, police and fire training academy. Wouldn't you think that after everything we've been through with George Floyd, BLM, all sorts of cases that have gone on, that you would want your police, firefighters, EMS, first responders trained at a new facility? One would think, right? Except that you have this very organized, funded by whoever, flying people in from out of state. You had people here from Utah, Colorado, Massachusetts, Maine, and then you had two foreign dudes, one from France and one from Canada. How did they get here? Last I looked, those tickets are over $1,000 one way or round trip to Atlanta, Georgia. It's not cheap to fly anymore. And here they are, all these outside agitators, with the exception of one guy from the Southern Poverty Law Center, that left-wing institution, he was arrested. And now, luckily, they're facing uh, domestic terrorism charges. So at least they're not going to be, you know, getting out in a revolving door. These people actually have to hire attorneys for setting it on fire. They, they set some equipment on fire. They set a police car on fire. They were throwing bricks rocks, shooting off firecrackers at the police. They deserve what they get. I'm with you, and I would have liked to have seen the Atlanta PD play a little bit harder ball with those folks, but uh, that's just me. Uh, Robin, appreciate great work. Uh, who knew you were going to have to be a war correspondent in Atlanta, GA? <laughs> I've got my helmet on and my Kevlar vest, because let me tell you, you need it. You need it. Well, that, you need that in Memphis, Tennessee, too. <laughs> So, all right, Robin, always good hearing from you, and uh, we'll be in touch soon. By the way, we're going to have to talk about Murdoch at some point. Oh, yes. All right, we will I do that. have a lot to say about him. We will do that. I got to give you, I owe you a call off air. I have some, uh, well, we'll chat later. <laughs>
All right. Thanks, Robin. Okay. Robin Robin Poffman, everybody. We have worked together for 20 years, and uh, she is just one of the great journalists and a great radio journalist, too. Uh, by the way, check out some of her, her books. Uh, she writes uh, crime, uh, crime books. Amazing stuff. All right. Coming up, Monica Crowley, Governor Mike Huckabee is going to join us. Uh, before we go to breakthrough, I want to squeeze in a call from Bill in Memphis, Tennessee, KWAM, our flagship station there. Hi, Bill. What's on your mind? Up, Todd. Yeah, you know the, that tape last night. I've had arguments with people for the past two years about that whole situation, and it's like it's amazing to me how so many people have been gullible with all the ridiculousness that they've been shoving down our throats for the past what six years now. Ever since Trump got nominated, it's like they went into frenzy mode, panicking, and we obviously know why they were panicking, but. Um, the January 6th thing was the most ridiculous one that, of, of, to me of all of them. That, and the, those videos last night, I mean, there should be just a literal uproar from everybody. And all the, at least the independents should be like, we've been made fools of. We've been made fools of this whole time. And it's just amazing. It's amazing. And uh, watching that tape was infuriating, actually, because of... Uh, it was even worse than I thought it was. I mean, it was, um, I thought there was just a few idiots out there that were making it bad for us. But in actuality, it was like, it was literally was a setup. It was a setup. And we know why. They were trying to get Trump not, not to be allowed to ever win, be, win, at, be president ever again. That was what their ultimate goal was. And it was just more obvious than ever. There was nothing there to this. It's on, it's more, it's not really un- unbelievable anymore. Our government's more corrupt than even I thought it was. Bill, it's insane. And I will tell you that we wait on this program. And we, you know, we've been kind of dripping and drabbing what we can and what we can share. But the puzzle pieces are coming together. It's just like the the Kevin Me Catholic High School kid, Nicholas Sandman, remember him? Uh, We knew right away something was not right. And I had everybody and their mother calling me a racist. But the reality is something just didn't add up about it. And I've got I've covered journalism. I've been a journalist for many, many years. And uh, there's this gut feeling you have when something is just not right. And I got it in the aftermath of the J6. It was just too convenient. And it looks to me like this was all a setup. I mean, you know, the only thing that it stopped was what they were doing in the chambers in there. Because there was going to be some type of uh, controversy, but then it shut everything down. And literally, it was like, and then, some, you know, the idiots, some of those idiots in Congress were like, oh, we're not even going to vote on it. We just go ahead and pass it through. I mean, it's like. That's what happened. Because of this, and it's a setup. Why yeah. would you not expect the Democrats to come up with some ridiculousness? All right, Bill, we got to run late for a Appreciate break, you, my friend. All right, good hey, good hearing from show, you. Man. All right. Uh, folks, got to take a quick break here. 844-747-8868. You just heard Robin Poppin on the Patriot Mobile Newsmaker line, America's only Christian conservative wireless carrier, longtime supporters of what we're doing here. And I want to encourage you, 
Make the switch today to Patriot Mobile. They have a plan to fit any budget. Hey, if you are a business owner, they have a plan for you as well. And if you're a veteran or a first responder, they're going to give you some great discounts. Everybody gets free premier activation with my promo code Todd. Now, here's the website. Write this down, patriotmobile.com slash Todd. That's patriotmobile.com slash Todd. And you'll be able to get all sorts of great information, benefits there on the website, including their coverage areas across the nation. Be sure to use that promo code Todd. Just when you thought it could not get any better, Mike Lindell with MyPillow is launching the MyPillow 2.0. When Mike invented MyPillow, it had everything you could ever want in a pillow. Now, nearly 20 years later, he discovered a new technology that makes it even better. The MyPillow 2.0 has the patented adjustable fill of the original MyPillow, and now with a brand new fabric that's made with a temperature-regulating thread. The MyPillow 2.0 is the softest, smoothest, and coolest pillow you'll ever own. And for my listeners, an exclusive. The MyPillow 2.0 is buy one, get one free with the promo code STARNS. MyPillow 2.0 temperature regulating technology is 100% made in the USA and comes with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. Just go to MyPillow.com slash Starnes. That's MyPillow.com slash Starnes for the buy one, get one free offer and enter the promo code Starnes. Well, November is just really right around the corner. Okay, well, a few more quarters, actually. Multiple quarters. But we're excited. A lot of people signing up, getting information on our big trip to Israel. And we would love for you to join us. It's our inaugural Stand for Israel and Stand with Israel tour. And we want you to join us. Uh, It is a family-friendly event. If you would like information, go to toddsterns.com. Seven days, seven nights in the Holy Land. We're taking a 100 of our listeners, and it's going to be a wonderful experience. Trust me when I tell you, you will make lifelong friends with the folks going along on this trip, including me. So uh, you can also give Dylan a call, and he can take your name and number, get your information, 844-747-8868. If you're interested in going to Israel, that's 844-747-8868. All right, let's go to Maryland. Victor on the line wants to weigh in on Chucky Schumer. Hey, Victor, what you got for us? Okay, so Chucky Schumer is upset big time, but he sure wasn't when he threatened the Supreme Court justices. Remember when he threatened them if they didn't vote the right way? That's true. He did. He did. The Supreme Court. Yep. So... Look who's calling the kettle black. Well, it's a fair point. It's a fair point you raise there, Victor. But the Democrats have a long and ugly history when it comes to targeting people. You know, we're still waiting for the Biden administration to condemn the the attacks on Justice Kavanaugh, and um, you know, in the aftermath of Roe v. Wade. They're never going to do it. No, no, they will not. They will not do it, Victor. Victor, let me ask you, did you watch the video last night? I am blind, so I have to depend on my sighted friends to describe what it, what the pictures were like. Well, there you go. All right, yeah, I guess you didn't see it. Well, I mean, it, let me tell you, let me describe it for you. It, it's 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 exactly the opposite of what the Democrats said. Figured. All right, Victor, appreciate the call. 
Thank you for listening to us. It's Tuesday. Feels like Monday, though, America. It feels like Monday. All right, coming up, we've got Monica Crowley. We've got Mike Huckabee. I need a Baptist martini. For you folks out in Bartlesville, Oklahoma, that's a Diet Coke with a wedge of lemon. And also, we're, I'm excited. We've got some friends from American Family Radio. They have a great network of stations. Uh, they carry my daily commentary. Will and Miki Addison join us. Uh, they've got a big family life conference coming up in July. That's going to be a lot of fun, so we'll talk to them about that. Hey, don't forget, if you want info on the big trip to Israel, give Dylan a call. He is standing by 844-747-8868. That's 844-747-8868. This is the Todd Stearns Radio Show. From the Liberty University studio in Memphis, Tennessee, it's Common Sense Conservative Commentary from Todd Starnes. That's us, that's right, I love this American ride. Well, Adam Kinzinger, man, he had some sort of a a manic episode today on CNN. That was kind of weird. Kinzinger is very upset with Tucker Carlson. Uh, says he is a grifter. You know what I find interesting about all of this outrage over Fox News releasing the J6 videos? And this goes for Chucky Schumer, too. They're not denying any of this. They're just upset that these videos have been made public. And my question to you, ladies and gentlemen, has this changed your opinion of what happened on January 6th? Because it certainly flies in the face of the accepted mainstream media narrative of what went down. 844-747-8868, that's our toll-free telephone number. I want to go to the Patriot Mobile Newsmaker line. Our good friend, host of the Monica Crowley podcast, joins us, Monica Crowley. Hey, Monica. Hey, Todd. Great to be back with you. Wow. Uh, Look, no surprise, I guess, but just to see it and and to know that this is the unedited version of of what happened, it really was eye-opening last night. Well, now we understand why the Democrats, the left, the regime, the deep state, the propaganda press did not want these tapes to be released. And they used the fraudulent uh, excuse of, well, we're concerned about Capitol Hill security. All nonsense, of course. Um, Now we see from these tapes, and the tapes don't lie, that what Tucker Carlson said last night is exactly right. Yes, there were a handful of people who did engage in some violent chaos, breaking windows and so on. And, of course, those people should be held to account. However, the vast majority of people who attended the rally on the ellipse and then marched down to the Capitol were very peaceful. They were peaceful, they were orderly, they were respectful. The vast majority of people, I mean, we're talking about like grandmas from Indiana who decided to go to Washington because they had legitimate questions about the 2020 election. Let me make something really clear, just what I talk about on my podcast all the time. January 6th was a frame-up. January 6th was a setup by the regime to get you and me and everybody else to stop talking about November 3rd. 
They rigged and stole the election from Donald Trump. People were raising legitimate concerns. There were hundreds of thousands of people mobilized to go to to the Capitol on January 6th. They wanted us talking about something else. They needed to set the national conversation on a different trajectory away from the election and their crimes and rigging the thing toward January 6th to frame up President Trump, all of his supporters that were there that day, and by extension, you and me and other people who support President Trump, who are America first, who weren't there that day. So it was all designed to be a shot across the bow, number one, to stop the discussion about a rigged election, but also to stop Donald Trump once and for all, discredit the America First movement, and kill it where it lived. That was the entire point of January 6th. And now we've got video proof that that's exactly what the regime did. You know, I think back to the FBI's attempted kidnapping of Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer. And again, the original narrative was, well, you had a bunch of these uh, white supremacists, these right-wingers. Uh, they were going to try to kidnap the governor. Then we all, of course, realized and, and the courts realized, wait a second, this was an FBI setup. This was an FBI operation. We still, to this day, Monica, we don't know how many FBI agents were involved what the extent of their involvement was and their extent in the planning and the preparation of whatever went down on January the 6th. Well, that's right. And we're getting bits and pieces now. But it does look increasingly like characters like Ray Epps, who the night before was whipping the crowd into a frenzy, screaming, we have to go into the Capitol tomorrow. We have to go into the Capitol. And then he lied to investigators, as Tucker pointed out last night, when he told them that, um, you know, he didn't commit a crime because he didn't want to go into the Capitol. And he left the Capitol around 2.20 in the afternoon to go back to his hotel. Well, the video proof is he was still on the ground a half an hour later doing God knows what. We don't know. He admitted to his nephew in a text saying, I helped to orchestrate it. Well, what does that mean, right? So we only have the tip of the iceberg as to the real story about the Fed's role in instigating uh, the upheaval, uh, riling up the crowd, getting them to go through the Capitol. I mean, we're seeing Capitol footage of the Capitol Hill police escorting the QAnon shaman through. I mean, if he were, were really a threat, don't you think they would have arrested him on the spot? Of course, they were showing him into the Senate chamber. All of this is to say that it was a huge setup. They had thrown the kitchen sink at Donald Trump for years and nothing stuck. So they were going to try one last time with the January 6th setup to try to destroy him and discredit the movement. I want to make one other point here about the January 6th committee, if I can, Todd. Sure. Every, every time you see the regime starting an investigation where they're, they tell you very earnestly that they're interested in uncovering the truth about whatever, it's always a tell that the investigation is the cover-up. So I don't care if we're talking about the Mueller investigation of the Russia hoax or the two fake impeachments of President Trump or the January 6th committee. Every time the regime tells you that they are interested in investigating something and excavating the truth, that is a lie because those quote unquote investigations are the cover up of their crimes. 
Monica Crowley, host of the Monica Crowley podcast on our Patriot Mobile Newsmaker line. I mean, you're you're right about this, Monica. And again, this Ray Epps character I, is the working theory that he was either with the FBI or he may have been one of their informants uh, working in cahoots with them. Well, that's the allegation. That's what we suspect. We're waiting on concrete proof. Nobody has been able to produce that yet. But he was finally hauled before the January 6th uh, committee and those investigators, and he professed his innocence. Um, he said, look, I didn't break any laws, etc." but the text to his nephew saying he helped to orchestrate it. And also the idea that the, the left and the J6 committee, they have been all over thousands of people, innocent people, who showed up that day, who waved into the Capitol prosecuting them. I mean, the FBI has upwards of a thousand people that they've tracked down with face recognition software, and they're prosecuting them to the full extent of the law for just setting foot in the Capitol. But Ray Epps, no problem, even though he's on video the night before and the day of saying, we've got to go into the Capitol. Well, why are they why are they not interested in prosecuting him? Why is he still walking free? So we highly suspect that he was playing some sort of a role in riling up the crowd and getting this riot going. And 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 make no mistake, Todd, he's not the only one. Oh no, not at all. And and I I hope one day we'll be able to get to the bottom of this. Who knows? But I, I'm glad that um, that Tucker Carlson is exposing all of this. Apparently, another batch of of uh, tapes are going to be released tonight. Uh, but certainly, round one very explosive, and it shows once again the J six committee lied. Um, unfortunately, it's not a crime for them to lie to us. Um, no, but as I just tweeted. Liz Cheney, Adam Schiff, Adam Kinzinger, and the rest of the January 6th committee are criminal frauds because they lied to the country, they abused their power, and they destroyed countless lives of their fellow Americans. And something else, they did all of that knowing what the truth was, and they did all of it without compunction, which also makes them sociopaths. So the fact that they lied and withheld exculpatory evidence, including all these videos that we've seen so far, they withheld exculpatory evidence from all of these defendants. That is a crime. And that's why I think they should be all of them should be prosecuted and throw away the key. I I had no objections here. Monica, real quick, what's coming up on the podcast? Oh, thank you for asking. So on yesterday's podcast, on the Monica Crowley uh, podcast, I talked um, a bit about CPAC. I was there. I led a fantastic panel on big tech, and I spoke right before the president, uh, President Trump, of course, and I got a fun shout-out from him from the podium, which was amazing. So I talked a little bit about that, about the jockeying for the 2024 race, and we also have a very important conversation about TikTok and the national security threat posed by TikTok. On tomorrow's show, I'm going to break apart this January 6th catastrophe at the hands of the left in ways that you have not heard. So that is going to be an unbelievable show. And I've got Carrie Lake tomorrow as well on election integrity and what's happening in Arizona. So not to be missed. All right. Monica Crowley, ladies and gentlemen, host of the Monica Crowley podcast. Thanks, Monica. Always a pleasure, Todd. Thanks. By the way, speaking of Carrie Lake, there is a report out of Axios 
Former President Trump is strongly considering picking a female running mate, sees Carrie Lake as a model for his vice presidential pick. They're quoting unnamed sources, so you can take that for what it is. Trump is already gaming out the general election in November 2024. He knows he has a massive weakness with the white suburban women. He would need to beat President Biden. Lake, a former TV anchor, she was at the local Fox affiliate, lost her race for Arizona governor in November, and meets President Trump's most important qualification for a number two. She has shown her willingness to defend him vociferously, no matter the issue or controversy. But Trump friends say Lake carries a big downside. He wants no risk that his running mate could outshine him. Lake would be assumed to be angling for president from the day she entered the White House. She's already made one political trip to Iowa. A Trump spokesperson says, quote, anyone who thinks they know what Trump is going to do is seriously misinformed and trying to curry favor with potential VP candidates. Among the other possible names... Christy Nome, the governor of South Dakota. I think she'd be a good pick for him. Some close to Trump think Nikki Haley might be the best fit. She She's his best-known declared opponent. He calculates she doesn't take a single vote from him. But does she give him votes? That's the, the broader question there. Another strong fit might be Arkansas Governor Sarah Huckabee Sanders, who was Trump's White House press secretary, just got elected in a huge landslide in Arkansas. I don't know. She'd be on the job two years, and then, I mean, that would be basically like a Sarah Palin. Palin was governor for a couple of years, became McCain's VP, and, of course, we all know how that ended, tragically. By the way, McCain, I know Palin gets a lot of, a, a lot of grief, but had it not been for her, McCain would have lost in a landslide. The only reason any conservative voted for McCain is because of Sarah Palin. Anyway, Sanders, uh, Trump recently, now this is, the New York Times is reporting this. Uh, New York, the Trump campaign says this did not happen. Trump recently asked Huckabee for an endorsement in the presidential race, and she demurred. But Sanders left an opening to embrace Trump if he looks like a winner. So I don't know, who do you like out of that bunch, folks? You got Nikki Haley, Carrie Lake, Sarah Sanders, Christy Nome. Who would make a good pick for for Trump? 844-747-8868, toll-free telephone number. We're going to the phones. This is the Todd Stern Show. Todd wants to talk with you right now. Call and be a part of it. 844-747-8868. It's Todd Starnes. Welcome back, everybody. Good to have you with us today. And thank you for making us your choice, noon to 3 Eastern. Let's go to the phones. Boston, Connor is on the line. Hey, Connor, what's going on? You know, I'll tell you, I'm, I'm on the road right now. I'm trying to get some of these uh, some of these liberals triggered by your show, Todd, as always. You know, 
Well, you shouldn't have a problem finding them around your neck of the woods. You know, all these moon bats up this way, you know, it's not really hard to really ruffle their feathers, you know. But, um, you know, I'm going to tell you right now, um, when it comes to every, all these Democrat politicians right now who went before January 6th, and even for that matter, Liz Cheney, you know what, I'm tired of playing nice with them. I'm, I want them perp-locked, and I want them locked up in jail and thrown away the key in front of all the cameras for the American people to see. I'm tired of this nonsense. It's been going on for far too long, and we really need to, to move past it. And in terms of, uh, on a, a separate note here, in terms of who President Trump should pick for his running mate, Anybody who has an elephant next to their campaign affiliation instead of a rhino logo, that's who he needs to pick. <laughs> we don't want anybody who's going to support them this year. I like it. I, yeah, Connor, it's um, this is going to be crucial for the president to, to get this right. Um, and we need to make sure that we have somebody who is a winner and who is a true conservative. My only issue with Carrie Lake is she hasn't won anything yet. That's the thing. You know what? And she has a lot to prove, but, you know, I think she's got a lot of potential. I really do. I think she's a future star. And last note also, um, if you have any of your show logos, every time I, you know, I go to charge the Tesla, I'm going to slap some of your show logos on the charger so all the liberals can, uh, you know, turn the light here. So send me some. I think we can do that. We'll we'll try to figure something out there, Connor. All right. (laughs) Good hearing from you. Always a pleasure. All right. Our favorite millennial, Connor from Boston, driving around a Tesla. By the way, Michelle Obama is, uh, she's she's suffering, uh, folks. And, of course, we never like it when people people suffer. But uh, Michelle Obama apparently got triggered by the election of, of Donald Trump and she says that she sobbed uncontrollably for 30 minutes. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm hoping to make you feel better. Uh, okay, folks, see if you're having a bad day. This is really good. Uh, she, Michelle Obama said, when those doors shut, I cried for 30 minutes straight, uncontrollable sobbing, because that's how much we were holding it together for eight years. <laughs> She was uh, sharing all of this on her podcast called The Light Podcast. It's on Audible. Oh, it's out today, by the way. She says, after the inauguration, and we know whose inauguration we were at, that day was so emotional on so many different reasons. We were leaving the home we had been in for eight years, the only home our kids really knew. We were saying goodbye to the staff and all the people who helped to raise them. Obama confirmed she wasn't in a good mood, and she had to hold it together. There were tears. There was that emotion. Is that the husband or her? But then to sit on that stage and watch the opposite of what we represented on display, there was no diversity. There was no color on that stage. May I just say something? This woman is a raging racist, Michelle Hussein Obama. There was no reflection of the broader sense of America. She also took a jab. By the way, were there no black people on the stage? I, what about her husband? Oh, oh, I am sorry. Yeah, the mother's white. My apologies. <laughs> sorry, Michelle. <laughs> anyway, oh, she said that when she left the White House, she said, bye, Felicia. Wow, she's a whew, mercy. All right, can't say that word. Uh, Got to take a break here, ladies and gentlemen. 
Thoughts and prayers, Michelle. Thoughts and prayers. We'll be right back. Welcome back, everybody. Good to have you with us. By the way, uh, Josh, did we get the the Reddick, the JJ Reddick? All right, good. So I want to play um, this audio. There are two different uh, pieces of audio here. Uh, this is there. There's been a raging debate in the NBA, and they have gone. Lord love them. They've gotten so woke. I mean, it's it's really ugly how woke uh, the NBA has gotten. So much so that the All-Star game, the lowest in, what, in history. I mean, th- nobody's watching. It's it's really bad. So anyway, there's this raging debate about uh, MVA, the NBA's MVP, Most Valuable Player Voting. Now, Josh, turn your microphone on here because you're our resident basketball expert. So uh, my understanding is that, first of all, have they had the voting or is it underway? How does that work? Yeah, it's not until the end of the season, and that's not until about the playoffs in April and May. So we're not there just yet. All right. So the controversy is around a specific player who happens to be of the Caucasian persuasion. That's right. Yeah, he is actually the winner of the last two MVPs as well. Okay, and his name is? Nikola Jokic. Nikola Jokic. All right. So... Anyway, it's a problem apparently because he happens to be white. Is that pretty much it? I mean, is he good? That's pretty much the controversy right now. Is he a good basketball player? He's an incredible basketball player. All right, so there's really no reason why he would not be considered. No, it's definitely not a player that doesn't deserve to be in the talks. All right, so Kendrick Perkins, uh, what's this guy's deal? I, I'm not familiar with him terribly much. Uh, he was a subpar NBA player, and he's a above average broadcaster, but he does. This is not abnormal for him to do, and he is not white. That is correct. All right, so here we take a listen. Cut fourteen. This guy's very upset because a white guy may be in the running here. Cut fourteen. JJ, I need a note. Is it Uchiwali or is it one Mike? I need to know when it comes down to the criteria moving the goalposts for the MVPs because I understand you're in the analytics. I understand you're a historian of the game of basketball. But I went and did a little research myself. And since 1990, there's only been three MVPs that wasn't top 10 in scoring that won that award. Dirk Nowinski, Steve Nash, and Jokic. Now, what all... What do they have in common? I let it sit there and marinate. I'm just trying to see, you know what I'm saying, when I'm walking into the club, do I need my J's on or is it a dress code? Do I need to put another pair, you know, a church shoes or some red bottoms? Or I need a note. Is it Uchiwale or is it one mic? Like, what's the criteria when moving the goalposts for certain players to win the MVP? I need to know. Because it seems like the goalposts move every single time when we want to, push it out there, this particular player that we want to win the MVP, because we all know in 2006 when Kobe was averaging 31, when he the Lakers were the seventh seed, and the roster that he had uh, uh, compared to Steve Nash, and Steve Nash won his second consecutive MVP in 2006, was he really supposed to win that? Was he really supposed to outdo Kobe that year? I'm just trying to figure it out, bro. I'm trying to I'm trying to get an understanding what's the criteria and why the goalposts move for certain players. Is it Uchiwali or is it one Mike? Carry on. Uh-huh. So this is about white guys. 
Is is that about right, Josh? Am Pretty I much. reading this? Okay, but his argument makes no sense. No, so and he's on ESPN, or is he, he appeared on ESPN. Right? He's yeah, a he's a of part of the first take show. Oh, jeez. You see, I don't watch this. I don't watch ESPN. It's just too far gone for me. The the whole network. So anyway, JJ Redick, who I do know, uh, is a. a what a former Duke basketball player? Huge, yeah, Duke legend, amazing, sure. amazing. Uh, was in the NBA, uh, so he's on the show. And I got to give credit. This is one bold white dude. I'll tell you that much because he went to town. Take a listen. I want to say. I want to just say it's something, Beck, give, Stephen give A. I, I mean, uh, Stephen A. I mean, I mean, no offense to you, and I mean no offense to First Take, because I think this show is extremely valuable. It is an honor to be on this desk every day. It really is. But what we've just witnessed is the problem with this show, where we create narratives that do not exist in reality. The implication, what you are implying, that the white voters that vote on NBA are racist, that are they, they favor white people. You I just not, said that. I you ju- not, yes, you did. I yes, did you did. Not, did. Yes, you did. That I is did exactly not, what you implied, not, Kendrick Perkins. That is exactly not, what you applied. I, I Secondly, not, hold on, did, hold on. I did not call. I stated the facts. I stated the facts. And you're not about to sit up. We all know what you implied the other day. We all know what you implied this time. Hold on. I stated it. It's the facts. It's the facts. It's the facts. It's the facts. Oh, my. A little sensitive. You know, it's typically whenever I'm in an argument with a, a leftist, Josh, and they don't have a leg to stand on, you know what they start doing? Yelling. They start screaming like this. It's the facts. It's the facts. It's the facts. I'm just saying. Oh, I you know, I had to look this up. I wasn't sure what Uchi Wally was. I had to <laughs> I didn't even know what it was. It's it's a lyric apparently from Jay Z. <laughs> um wow. So so again, I'm not sure where all of this goes, but I can say that uh, pretty much with certainty that Kendrick Perkins uh, has a healthy heaping of black privilege. And I will say, and I will explain it like this. Had J.J. Reddick been the guy that went out there and said, you know, only you know, only black players get to do this or black players get to do that, J.J. Reddick would be on the unemployment line right now without a shadow of a doubt. But this, again, is just a, a little taste of the double standard out there. And it's, it's, sad, to see, it's sad to see this, but it, it's the reality. And um, it's unfortunate. But, th- again, this is, Josh, and this is what really gets me, is that if they're not careful, the NBA could end up destroying itself, almost like the, the NFL did with all of the Colin Kaepernick stuff in the aftermath. Yeah, a lot of people that I know don't even watch football anymore because of that. Because since those years, they're saying, you know what, I'm not interested anymore. Especially what happened with uh, 2020, the pandemic and all that stuff. A lot of people are really tuning out, and I wouldn't be surprised that the NBA is, is going to be the same trend. It's 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 dis- it's disappointing, is what it is. It doesn't have to be like that, but it's it's becoming that. And again, once you go woke, you go broke, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know how many other times we have to explain it to you, but that's what this is all about. Look, can we not just get to a point where the the best players are on the teams and the best players win the MVP? It doesn't really matter what color their skin is. I mean, you know, by the way, the the BLM sign is all about equality and oh you've got to have your percentages right. If you got this number of blacks, you got to have this many this percentage of blacks. Okay, well, 
should that should that apply on the other side of the coin as well? I mean, is that where we're going with all of this? Because see, I personally don't care. I'm I'm of the opinion that you should always want the best person on the team, no matter their skin color. But if you're going to say, well, we've got you know eighty percent of the country is this color, well then fine, okay. Is eighty percent of the the country reflected in your sport? If not, what does that say? So you can't have it both ways, is all I'm getting at here. Anyway, it's it's unfortunate. I remember a time when the NBA was a lot of fun. It was a blast. Used to watch all the games. Not anymore. It just got too woke. All right, we got to take a break here. 844-747-8868. Toll-free telephone number. That's 844-747-8868. Coming up in the next hour, Governor Mike Huckabee is going to drop by. Also, Will and Miki Addison from American Family Radio. They have a big family life conference. We're going to learn all about that as well. We'll be right back, America. So I want to ask you a question about Kamala Harris. Have you guys noticed, I know she's not altogether there. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, it's just the weird, the, the weird interactions, the awkwardness. She's sort of a, I don't know, in, in social settings, she just seems a bit off. And, and I'm wondering, and again, I, I do not know, and I don't mean this in a derogatory sense at all, but, you know, the Biden administration is very keen on checking off the boxes. And so I'm wondering if maybe Kamala Harris has, I don't know, is there some sort of an issue with her um, mentally that, you know, that she's just not there? And I asked this because of yesterday, there were a couple of, um, there were a couple of incidents. Here's Kamala talking about, about conservatives cut one in fact i'm going to share with you a very simple story which is that i went home one day and i said well what's why are conservatives bad mommy because i thought we were supposed to conserve things. <laughs> <laughs> i couldn't reconcile it now i can <laughs> i well, did you have to go to that special class in grade school? You you know the one where it's the slower kids. And again, it's nothing. Look, we all we all go through those stages in life. But I'm just wondering, in first or second grade, did she get stuck in the you know the the slow kids class with the kid who always peed himself? I'm just asking. I don't know. It's terrible. No, I'm not thinking that, Dylan. I'm just saying it's uh, clearly there's an issue there, right? Uh, cut number eight. You know, water policy can go in all these different. It, it flows in different directions. <laughs> oh, I have puns on water. <laughs> Look, there's nothing wrong. Every school, you got the class with the slow kids. And, I'll, you know, again, we had it back when I was growing up. We had this little class, and we had a little kid who just peed himself all the time. He couldn't help it, but they put him in a special class. And I'm wondering if that's where Kamala Harris ended up, and maybe she just didn't outgrow it. So maybe she's one of these diversity hires, and she just happens to be next in line to the presidency. Maybe now this is maybe now we understand why uh, 
Joe Biden has not been removed from office because even the Democrats don't want that anywhere near the Oval Office. I'm just telling you. All right, let's go to the phones here, 844-747-8868. Let's go to Patty in North Carolina. Patty, we looked for you at CPAC. Um, I didn't show up. I stayed in Virginia with my girlfriend because um, uh, just, it, it, I don't know, I, the, the speakers, I walked out. I thought it was terrible. Oh, you thought CPAC was terrible? Yes. What? what uh, all right, let's talk about C- this. I, I've been to CPACs before. Um, I love Mercedes. I love Matchlap, but I think they, they, uh, no, don't ever go there ever again. It was, think, a, it was a lot of money. A lot of money, and people would deter because of the crime. Really, the crime? Because I mean, it's a, that's in a nice area. It's kind of hard to get there. I know, but it's it's just in that area. I think a lot of people like uh, like I've, I've been to plenty of them, and I never had a problem. And um, I, we watched it. All, I went back to my, my girlfriend in Virginia, and we watched it on TV. We had a all better right. time. We grilled. But I mean, you know, hey, listen, you know, having it at another place, I, I, I you know, those guys are Mercedes and that, they're very smart. I don't know. I thought Trump was great, you know. Yeah. Yeah, very good. But um, I want to bring up a thing about um, the the Tucker Carlson thing. How how is that working out with the Murdochs with Tucker pulling all this out? Well, Patty, that is a good question, and I could not help but notice there has not been a lot of coverage on Fox News Channel of the actual tapes. And right. that that's a little weird to me because, again, that should be a network exclusive. And quite frankly, every journalist on the staff ought to be pouring through those those videos. Right. But Tucker, for some reason, I mean, he, he's not taking no punch. I mean, tonight he's supposed to have a Capitol policeman on. Yeah. I mean, he's really going after the whole ball. I, I, I'm telling you, I'm giving him credit. But how is he getting away with this? Because the Murdochs hate Trump. They do, but the Murdochs also love cash, and and Tucker Carlson is a cash cow for these guys. Uh, The question is, will they boot somebody? And if they do, look, if you watch Newsmax and you see Tucker Carlson showing up on Newsmax, you know exactly how Rupert felt. Right, and um, um, I'm so glad this is coming out, and I I know that they're going to be all I agree with the guy from Boston, all of them, um, from Cheney all the way down the line. These people should be should go to jail for 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 lying. They're liars. They're perjurers. They they want to. Uh, uh, they should go to jail. They should go to jail. I completely agree with you, Patty. I, I mean, and you know, Trump is Trump is saying this is treasonous, and I think he has a point there. He has a right to be angry because they took advantage of a situation and they tried to make this into something that that it was not. Tucker's got the goods. You're not hearing a single person objecting to the actual content of the videos. They're upset because those videos were released. And I say shame on the committee. I've been a per- from day one, Patty. I felt like it was a bad move not to have you know Jim Jordan and Jim Banks on that committee. I know Nancy would not let them, but Kevin McCarthy should have pushed the issue so we could have gotten to the bottom of all of this. And like, can I say one more thing too? Yeah, real we'll quick. About, uh, one more. Uh, all right. Uh, as far as running a running mate for uh, Donald Trump, you know who I think would be great? Tim Scott. Oh, you like Tim Scott? 
I love Tim Scott. He's smart. I'm not talking uh, color wise. I'm not even worried. I don't care about that. He. I don't even look at him like that. He is a smart man. I think Tim Scott would make a great VP. All right, we got you down there, Patty. So Tim Scott, uh, Axios seems to think it's going to be a woman. I just hope, uh, you know, if it is a woman, you know, I, I, yeah, you're right. Carrie Lake, no way. I would, my, I would go, I would go directly towards a, a, a like a Christy Gnome. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I like Gnome. She's got a great story, great background, great governor. Patty, appreciate. Yeah. Yes, she is good. Good talking, Patty. Uh, you hang in there over at WSIC. Let's go to Steve in Central Arkansas, listening to us on KWAM. Hi, Steve. What's on your mind? Hey, Todd, I've heard you talking about the NBA and, and the MVP, the white MVPs. Uh, I heard something the other day. I don't claim to be a basketball expert, but this made a lot of sense to me. The NBA, is their vision is to become the GBA, the Global Basketball Association. If you look at those three white players that he was talking about, two of them are European and one of them is a Canadian. Well, that's a good point. Yeah, you can't get much wider than a Canadian. Yeah, I think (laughs) the the issue is they're wanting to change to more of an international style of ball, and they're wanting players that fit that that, uh, style, and the black American basketball player does not really fit that style of basketball. These guys were saying if if they don't pay attention, they're going to get phased out of – professional basketball see i don't know about that but i will say this it reminds me of a scene in 42 the jackie robinson story where they called all the white all the white baseball players in and basically reamed them out and said if you if you think jackie's the only black player coming up through the ranks you are sadly mistaken they're coming for all your positions so Mm -hmm. i don't know i i that's a stretch for me steve but i i think i see where you're coming from Uh, we we gotta we gotta run we gotta run thanks gotta run thanks steve appreciate it i yeah, I don't know, folks. I don't know. Can I just answer your question here, guys? So can, is it is it okay? It's not racist for me to say I was shocked a white guy actually got an MVP. Is that? Yeah, I probably should. I don't know. It's I was just kind of surprised. I just don't watch basketball anymore. So, all right, we got to take a break. Hour, hour three coming up next. Jeez, hello. Live from the Liberty University studio in Memphis, Tennessee, it's America's conservative blowtorch. That's us. That's right. I love this American ride. Todd Starnes. Oh, yeah. All right. You guys following this uh, crazy story out of Mexico. That's Mexico. You had four Americans that were kidnapped at gunpoint, and apparently they've um, they found two of the Americans killed. And uh, these are folks from North Carolina. We understand they're going to be asking a lot of questions at the White House press briefing. Uh, again, Mexico is just a war zone down there because of all the cartels. But anyway, uh, the Attorney General, um, they have not commented on any of this, uh, Merrick Garland, 
but according to Reuters, two of the four American citizens have um, been found dead. The other two apparently alive, and they're quoting one of the governors of the um, of, of Mexico down there. Apparently, one of them was traveling to to Mexico for a tummy tuck surgery. It's ridiculous. So there you go, folks. Uh, again, you got to be careful. Uh, they crossed. They crossed from Brownsville, uh, Texas, into Mexico, and the cartel violence there is just insane. The State Department issued a travel advisory. This is why I stay in America. I'd rather take my chances on the streets of Memphis. That being said, good to have you with us today. Uh, coming up this hour of the program, our good friend Governor Mike Huckabee is going to drop by. Uh, also from American Family Radio, Will and Miki Addison, uh, they host a radio program and podcast, and they're hosting a big family life conference uh, coming up in July, and we'll tell you all about that uh, just a little later. All right, um, I, I want to go back to a, a story we told you about yesterday. This is from Arizona, where a school district told Arizona Christian University that they would no longer be allowed to send student teachers to work in the school district. Now, the, the school board down there is gay. It's a majority gay school board, and the gays on the school board's, um, the school board said they had a problem with the Bible and with the teachings of Christ. Now, there has been a partnership, and here's how it basically worked. You have these education majors. They have to get some classroom training. So they partnered with the Washington School District down there, the Washington Elementary School District, to give these teachers classroom experience. They're called student teachers. And they've been doing this for well over a decade, and there have been no problems. Nobody's ever said anything. Nobody's ever complained about it. It's just what they've been doing. But now, because of the majority gay school board, uh, they're saying the Christians are no longer welcome, and they are ending ending the agreement. It was a unanimous decision. I believe three out of the five school board members identify as one of those alphabet people. So now you've got a state senator getting involved. His name is Anthony Kern there in Arizona, and he is calling these folks out. Cut number two. Kern, you're first. Thank you, Mr. President Pro Tem. I rise for a point of personal privilege comment. Please. Thank you, sir. <clears throat> for the last five years, the Washington Elementary School District had a contract which enabled Arizona Christian University student teachers to be placed in its schools for on-the-job experience. On February 23rd, the district's board decided to dissolve the partnership due to its religious affiliation with impugning the motives of teachers with certain religious beliefs. Senators, this is discrimination because it's a Christian school. We in Arizona have a shortage of teachers in this state, and instead of addressing that, this board, Washington Elementary School District, is discriminating against our future teachers because of the college they're attending and their religious beliefs, while also taking away opportunities for them to have on-the-job training. The First Amendment, in part, protects freedom of religion, and this ideology puts America's Americans' First Amendment rights in jeopardy. This is not what our country was founded on, and this will not be tolerated. I am calling on the Washington Elementary School District to reinstate its partnership with Arizona Christian University. If they decide not to do so, I am calling all five board members to resign. This kind of discrimination will not be tolerated. 
Well, I, I, I certainly hope not. The school board is defending its decision. They say we cannot continue to align ourselves with organizations that starkly contrast our values. And they say that we legitimately care about diversity, equity, and inclusion, and that we legitimately care about all of our families. That's from Nikki Gomez-Whaley. Three board members, again, identify as members of the alphabet community, including Tamelia Valenzuela. Oh, she's the chick who wears the cat ears. So if you if you Google this, she I don't know she identifies as feline. I don't know, but she does identify as bilingual, disabled, neurodivergent, queer, Black Latina. I know it's a lot to take in. I think I'm no, I'm not sure about the neurodivergent part. I haven't heard that may be a new sex. I don't know, or it could mean she's flat out nuts. Your neurons are diverging somewhere else. The school district, um, again, released a statement defending its decision. The university uh, says, Arizona Christian says, hey, look, these people are nuts. Lynn Munsell is the president, says it's wrong, unlawful, it'll hurt the district students. Religious liberty and freedom of conscience are bedrock American principles. We are exploring our options to defend our students. And I say, good for you. Good for you. 844-747-8868. That's our toll-free telephone number. That's 844-747-8868. By the way, you know, we have talked about this. Um, our, our good friend Ben Dieter, the morning the morning show host at KWAM in Memphis, sent me this story. I've had an ongoing issue with... Um, <laughs> With humanity on the airplanes, and I do a lot of traveling, and folks, I see a lot of stuff, but I haven't seen anything quite like this. Uh, the headline, Drunk Student Busted for Urinating on American Airlines Business Class Passengers. A drunk student has been busted for peeing on a business class passenger during a 15-hour flight from New York to India. Mm, hope they had some Febreze on board. Aaron Vohra, 21-year-old Indian national studying in the U.S., was arrested in Delhi late Saturday as he stepped off American Airlines Flight 292 from JFK. The pilot radioed ahead to warn of a disruptive customer who was heavily intoxicated. Quote, he was arguing with the operating crew, was not willing to be seated, and endangered the safety of crew and aircraft. And then apparently he went on a watering spree. Unbelievable. There was a guy seated next to me once at one of these uh, on one of these airplane airplanes, and the guy literally, literally, ladies and gentlemen, took his shoes off and was cutting his toenails. And this is in first class. I don't know what it is with people at the airports. They show up, and it used to be where if you were going on an airplane, you dressed up. You got into a suit and tie if you're a guy, and ladies, you wore a dress, you wore the heels, and now they can, folks show up and they're literally in their pajama pants. Never seen anything like it. Now it's all about comfort over style, I guess, or common sense. 844-747-8868. Got any weird airline stories? I would love to hear those. I could probably write an entire book about that. 844-747-8868. Kind of take a break. We'll be right back. 
My friend Janice Dean over at Fox sent me a, I don't, this has got to be real. So in New York City, during the, the China virus pandemic, and and folks, I can't tell you how many people I saw in Washington, D.C. wearing the face masks. It's bizarre. So anyway, in New York City, you were not allowed to go into a restaurant, even if it's like a Burger King or whatever. You could not go into a restaurant without wearing a mask. And they, they had these big signs out there. So now... Uh, again, they've had a, a change in leadership. The the city's gone woke. They've got all these criminals running rampant. It's it's almost as bad in New York City as it is here in Memphis, Tennessee. But now so one of these restaurants actually has a sign up says, due to New York City uptick in crime, if you wear a mask, no entry. So now they're saying if you wear a mask, you're not going to be able to get a, get a meal. There you go. Welcome to America. Hey, let's go to the Patriot Mobile Newsmaker Line. Good friend of this program, great host over at TBN, our good friend, Governor Mike Huckabee. Hey, Governor, how are you today? You know, if I got any better, it'd be a crime. So I'm doing beautifully. It's a wonderful, wonderful day in the great state of Arkansas today. And across the river, it's looking pretty good here in Tennessee, too. So uh, good for both of us. Well, we have a lot to be grateful for, and today's weather is one of those things for sure. You know, Governor, we were uh, talking about this story in the last segment. Arizona Christian University, a school district out there, a majority gay school board, says we're no longer going to allow um, you guys to partner with us. No more student teachers in our classrooms because we have a problem with your religious beliefs. Can't, did you ever think something like this would happen in America? A few years ago, no, I didn't. Uh, but in the last few years, yes, I'm not surprised at all because uh, people have lost their minds. They've just uh, forgotten that America is supposed to be a place where we can get along, disagree, uh, take our positions. But we don't want to completely destroy somebody just because they disagree with us. But that's where we are. You know, it's. Uh, I was reading, and of all places, the Arizona Republic, which is not a conservative publication, and uh, one of the columnists said, you know, hey, look, this is clearly discrimination. Imagine just reversing that and saying, we're not going to allow any, we're not going to allow a gay university. We're not going to allow any of your teachers to come into our classrooms. This would be wall-to-wall national news coverage. Well, it truly would. And uh I think we're seeing more and more people on the left who are afraid of a point of view that is different than their own. I've always believed that if you had a point of view that you really believed in and thought it was right, that not only were you willing to have someone challenge it, you wanted them to challenge it because that's what made your own position even more acceptable to you and, and an ability to share it with other people. That's not where we are these days. No, no, it's not, and it's just a reminder that religious liberty is always under attack. Uh, you, you just have to keep watch over it, and it's our bedrock freedom, and uh, we cannot, we cannot let that be chipped away. Uh, Governor, I want to move on to to these J six tapes that came out yesterday. Uh, what's your take and your observation on what you saw last night on Fox News Channel? I think the immediate concern is how come they didn't want us to see that. 
why was Chuck Schumer and Liz Cheney and Benny Thompson and all these people ripping their garments because somebody might actually see the non-edited, very highly slickly produced version that was shown on television during those uh, so-called hearings? Why were they so afraid of letting us see the unedited versions and even some uh, very revealing parts? For example, when you see Ray Epson, you realize he lied to the committee. He said he had left for his hotel. 30 minutes later, he's still wandering around giving orders. Uh, when you see the way that they tried to portray Josh Hawley as having run away from the crowd, truth is he was the last one of several dozen who were being escorted out of the Capitol building. They never told that, that truth. Or the Brian Sicknick story, which I find one of the most disturbing because they continue this lie that five police officers were murdered that day. That's simply not true. Uh, the one person who was murdered was Ashley Babbitt, murdered by a policeman. And we don't ever hear anything about the inquiry into, was that a justified shooting? Reverse that situation, and, and my goodness, that person would have long since been in prison. I, I'm just disturbed by that, I think, as much as anything. It, it does make you wonder what's really going on here. And when you start to put the puzzle pieces together, it certainly looks like there was there there may be another narrative forming. Uh, we, we still don't know how many FBI agents were involved. We know they were there, but they're not telling us how many. We, they're not telling us uh, how many were involved in the planning of of what happened on January the 6th. And why is it that Nancy Pelosi turned down additional security why is it those police officers, based on the videos we saw last night, just let people into the building itself? And, and were those people charged with a crime? And I think, too, we also ought to be concerned as to why there has been such a coordinated effort to use the exact same words. One of the things that struck me about the report last night on uh, Tucker's show was how many times you heard this armed insurrection line and it was repeated by the media and by members of congress it that clearly was orchestrated that doesn't just bubble out of every person who talks about something so who wrote their script who did them that script and told them what they needed to say and why they say it i i just think that's something that we really need more uh, more information about I mean, it's not too far of a stretch, and, and I'm not willing to go there just yet, but it's certainly looking like somebody was trying to set up Donald Trump. Well, I know it's uh, a stretch to say that that's what it was. Um, look, I, I think there were people who did criminal activity that day. I no doubt about clear. it. I, I'm not defending some of the action. Some of it was, was simply, uh, some of it was just stupidity and hot-headedness. But some of it was criminal, and those people truly do need to be uh, charged. They need to have accountability for it in the same way that people in Portland and Seattle and uh, other places need to be held accountable for criminal activity and something that goes beyond vandalism and protest and gets into the place of uh, potentially injuring people and destroying public property. That aside, there were thousands of people there that day who did not break into the Capitol um, who did not engage in criminal activity. And quite frankly, some of them have sat in jail for uh, more than a year. And, and it's just the outrageous assault on some people's civil liberties is very disturbing to me. And maybe Kevin McCarthy and the House uh, Republicans will get to the bottom of it. 
one thing we know for sure, uh, the so-called January 6th committee, they didn't get to the bottom of it because they weren't even interested in the top of it. They were an anti-Trump hate group. That's what they were. The reason Adam Kinziger and Liz Cheney got on that committee because they hated Trump and they were willing to do whatever they were told to do to make it look bad for Trump. Now, that is, I think, uh, inescapable as a conclusion. Whether or not the whole thing was a setup, I don't know. But there's no doubt that the motives of most of the people in that arena were specifically uh, targeting Donald Trump to make sure he could never run again because they're, they're afraid that if he does, he just probably will win. Governor, we got about 15 seconds before we got to go to break. What's coming up on the show this weekend? Mayor Rudy Giuliani is going to be with us. We'll be talking with him about uh, some of the ongoing legal issues of the Trumps. We also have uh, Dennis Kucinich, a Democrat who is taking on his own party, uh, and a wonderful band from the 60s that I still love, the Zombies, are going to be with us as musical guests. <laughs> That's going to be fun. I haven't heard from Kucinich in a long time. Good guy, though. So looking forward to that. He is. Yep. All right, Governor, we got to leave it there. Always good hearing from you. Take care, my friend. All right. Hope, hope he enjoys that beautiful day over in Arkansas. We're having a good time here in Tennessee. Hope you're having a great day where you are. We'll be right back, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Todd Stearns Radio Program. By the way, here's Adam Kinzinger. Now, you know, he's got a gig over at CNN now. Cut number 12. The sad thing is you're going to have people that have only gotten their news on Fox News that are never going to have the opportunity to hear the truth. Because what, what Tucker Carlson employs here, he's employed it basically probably his entire time he's been a, a grifter TV show host because he knows better than this, by the way, is he takes, he, he takes a cut scene and creates a straw man. So first off, on the opening there where he says, look, there's only like a handful of people here. I'm like, I know one of those rooms, particularly Statuary Hall, was filled with people. There's tons of pictures of that. At some point leading up to it being filled or after it's filled, there's going to be moments when there's only a few people in there. Secondarily, you look at like, okay, one of the things he said, Josh Hawley was running, yes, but so was every other member of the Senate. Like, okay, yeah, because there was violence that day. He said, Officer Sicknick didn't die at the riots. He was walking around at the end of the riots, at the end of the insurrection. Nobody ever claimed that Officer Sicknick died that moment. He died a day later. And then the Ray Up stuff saying, well, he was there 30 minutes after the thing. He creates a false, like, thing that has been claimed. So it's like, hey, look, there isn't purple pa- spray paint. And everybody said they spray painted the entire Capitol purple. Nobody said that. You just said that. But unfortunately, people are never going to see the truth. So the damage is already done, you're saying? I I think so. Look, I think that in terms of history, nobody that believes any of that garbage Tucker was spewing, none of their kids will ever believe that garbage. And in fact, I think in five or ten years, the people that believe the garbage today that have kids will never admit to their kids that they believed it. Because I think we set history straight on the committee. Um, But today... There are people that are so invested in the emotional politics and tribe that if Tucker gives them a narrative to hold on to that makes their side look okay, they're going to hold on to that, unfortunately. 
All right, there you go. Uh, that's Adam Kinzinger on CNN. Now I want to play, and this is going to this is going to be a little lengthy, but I want you to hear this. This is Tucker Carlson uh, explaining how all of this went down. Cut number seven. With that, here is the video. It doesn't answer every question from January sixth. Far from it, but it does prove beyond doubt that Democrats in Congress, assisted by Adam Kinzinger and Liz Cheney, lied about what happened that day. They are liars. That is conclusive. And that fact should prevent them from ever being taken seriously again. We're going to begin tonight with footage that shows you what was actually happening inside the Capitol. The footage does not show an insurrection or a riot in progress. Instead, it shows police escorting protesters through the building, including the now infamous QAnon shaman. Watch. These are the pictures you've seen of January 6th. They're familiar because they've been playing on a loop on every media outlet in America for the last two years. There's a reason for that. But it turns out there's quite a bit of video you haven't seen. And that video tells a very different story about what happened on January 6th. More than 40,000 hours of surveillance footage from in and around the Capitol have been withheld from the public. And once you see the video, you'll understand why. Taken as a whole, the video record does not support the claim that January 6th was an insurrection. In fact, it demolishes that claim. And that's exactly why the Democratic Party and its allies in the media prevented you from seeing it. By controlling the images you were allowed to view from January 6th, they controlled how the public understood that day. They could lie about what happened, and you would never know the difference. Those lies had a purpose. They created a pretext for a federal crackdown on opponents of the Uniparty in Washington. Our office wanted to ensure that there was shock and awe that we could charge as many people as possible. The first thing you notice from viewing the full video record of January 6th is just how many people entered the Capitol building that day. Hundreds and hundreds of people, possibly thousands, over the course of about two hours. The crowd was enormous. A small percentage of them were hooligans. They committed vandalism. You've seen their pictures again and again. But the overwhelming majority weren't. They were peaceful. They were orderly and meek. These were not insurrectionists. They were sightseers. Footage from inside the Capitol overturns the story you've heard about January 6th. Protesters queue up in neat little lines. They give each other tours outside the Speaker's office. They take cheerful selfies and they smile. They're not destroying the Capitol. They obviously revere the Capitol. They're there because they believe the election was stolen from them. They believe in the system. Here's the man you've heard referred to as the QAnon shaman outside the Senate chamber. These are not rioters. These are people who wandered over from a political rally. We will not let them silence your voices. After the rally, they walked down Pennsylvania Avenue, where organizers had secured a federal permit to hold a legal rally on the grounds of the Capitol. I know that everyone here will soon be marching over to the Capitol building to peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard. Once at the Capitol building, things began to get chaotic. Capitol police officers fired tear gas into the crowd. A few at the front of the herd broke windows. Someone opened the doors and many hundreds of others just walked in. We're going to make that the story. Of course, they did make it the story. And at the center of it, the single most famous person arrested that day was a Navy veteran from Arizona called Jacob Chansley, 
often referred to as the QAnon shaman. The so-called QAnon shaman. QAnon shaman. Someone named Q shaman. Jacob Chansley became the face of January 6th, a dangerous conspiracy theorist dressed in outlandish costume who led the violent insurrection to overthrow American democracy. For these crimes, Chansley was sentenced to nearly four years in prison, far more time than many violent criminals now receive. What did Jacob Chansley do to receive this punishment? To this day, there is dispute over how Chansley got into the Capitol building. But according to our review of the internal surveillance video, it is very clear what happened once he got inside. Virtually every moment of his time inside the Capitol was caught on tape. The tapes show that Capitol Police never stopped Jacob Chansley. They helped him. They acted as his tour guides. Here's video of Chansley in the Senate chamber. Capitol Police officers take him to multiple entrances and even try to open locked doors for him. We counted at least nine officers who were within touching distance of unarmed Jacob Chansley. Not one of them even tried to slow him down. Chansley understood that Capitol Police were his allies. Video shows him giving thanks for them in a prayer on the floor of the Senate. Watch. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for taking the inspiration needed to these police officers to allow us in this building. Contrast the reality of what Jacob Chansley did in the Capitol building on January 6th, the indisputable facts recorded on video, some of which has never before been seen, with the depiction of Jacob Chansley that you've seen in the media for more than two years. He's a terrorist, they said. He should be killed. Shoot him. Shoot him. Like, if it, you burst into the United States, if he was dressed like bin Laden, would you have shot him? Shoot him. Shoot him. It makes you wonder, who are the violent extremists here? Not Jacob Chansley. And the video proves that. But you would never have known from the media coverage. The people sitting in the chairs need to be sitting in a jail cell. Chansley is in a jail cell. He's been there for months. If he was, in fact, committing such a grave crime, why didn't the officers who were standing right next to him place him under arrest? Until now, no one could even prove that even happened. But it did. It did, and I'd like an answer. I'd like an explanation. Because, again, ladies and gentlemen, the narrative put forward by the J6 committee is not accurate. And we know it's not accurate thanks to this video that's coming out from Fox News Channel. All right, we got to take a quick break. This is the Todd Starn Show. All right, people, welcome back. Good to have you with us. By the way, real quick from our friends at Newsmax, brand new book by David Horowitz, The Final Battle. David reveals a secret war led by far-left Democrats and a new woke generation who wants to destroy our culture and our freedom. Horowitz says that in our schools, churches, even the military, The Final Battle explains Joe Biden and the big media why they want to stop Trump and DeSantis in 2024, no matter what. Got to get a copy of this book. Newsmax says it is the book of the year. Dinesh D'Souza says it's a huge expose on Joe Biden and the Democratic left. You can get The Final Battle in bookstores or check out my free offer. All you have to do is call 1-800-NEWSMAX. That's 1-800-NEWSMAX or go online to FinalBattle611.com to get your free copy today. That's FinalBattle611.com. 
All right, I want to go to the Patriot Mobile Newsmaker line. Very honored to have with us some great, great people. Uh, they have an incredible podcast and radio show called Airing the Addisons on American Family Radio. Will and Miki Addison, guys, good to have you with us today. Thanks for having us. We, we yeah, appreciate it. It's great to be with you, Todd. Thanks. So a big, exciting conference coming up in July. It's the American Family Association's Marriage Family Life Conference. Tell us all about the, the big event. Yes, uh, MFL 23. This is our fifth year doing it. And God just laid it on our hearts as a way to uh, have a discipleship type conference for families. Uh, it's, it's apologetic in nature. Uh, we have something for all ages. There's a youth apologetics track that Miki's going to talk a little bit about. Uh, so ages four to 17. So this is an event for the, for the whole family. And it's, it's amazing. We started off the first year in 2018. We had like 300 people and 50 children. And then this last year, we had like 1,400 people and over 500 children. Wow. And so God is really, really growing it. And we see the need there that parents, uh, just want us to come along. Alongside and, and, and provide just resources through speakers and things like that. And so that's what we're doing uh, in Tupelo, Mississippi. It'll be happening July uh, 6 to the 8th uh, down here in Tupelo, uh, Cadence Bank Arena. And if you want information, go to marriagefamilylife.net. That's marriagefamilylife.net. And we have the link up on our live show blog. How important is a conference like this? I mean, it seems like the family is under attack from the culture at large these days. Oh, man, it's been going on for generations. I mean, let's just consider where we are in this country, Todd. When you look at the state of the family, you look at the messages that the family is inundated with day in and day out, whether it's in schools. And now, unfortunately, even in our churches, we've got messages that conflict uh, with Scripture. And so what we've got to do is we've got to equip families to be able to stand in the time that we're in. There are too many of our kids who are under attack. The CDC just released its report looking at the state of our youth. And boy, are the numbers troubling. In particular, the numbers are troubling for girls and those who, quote, identify as LGBTQ+. What we are finding is that we've allowed our kids in this country to identify as whatever they want. And we have discovered, sadly, that that's not enough, that what children really need is direction and oversight. And they need hope. They need to be able to understand how to embrace that they are fearfully and wonderfully made. And what we do at the Marriage Family Life Conference is we equip them with those biblical apologetics. How do you respond to critical race theory? How do you respond to gender queer theory and all of those things that our kids are facing? We know that our daughters are facing suicide ideation and depression at rates that are just astonishing. 60% of female students, high schoolers, are depressed and not able to function day to day. What's the answer to this? Well, we know that the answer is Jesus. It's not looking inside yourself because looking to self has failed our kids. So what we need is we need the adults in the room to step in with truth. And that's what we do for three days. We invite families to come with us and equip our kids to be bold. We don't want um, fearful kids living in a culture that wants to swallow them <laughs> whole. So we, we train them to be bold, to be able to give a reason for their faith, for the hope that lies within them. I, I love that word bold because we need boldness in our culture right now. And you know, Will, when oh, you... When you look at the attack on on men and what it means to be a man in uh, in America specifically, yeah. it's it's as if they're they're rewriting what what God intended for all of us to be. 
Yes, definitely. It's an attack on, on, on men, you know, and it's an t- attack on God's design for marriage and family and how he has set things to be. But we're standing here boldly saying, man, as a man, you can lead your home. You should lead your home. You have been placed there to lead your home, to instruct your, your children, uh, to, to be a man, and even in a culture that's being watered down. And so, yeah, we know there's a, a big attack on that, and that's why this conference is for the whole family. We want fathers, mothers, we want the children to come together and, and just to, to make it a great event for a family and, and, and also just a memory because there'll be things that the children will learn that they'll let the, the parents know and they'll talk about it. Even on the ride home, we've got That's testimonies right. about you know how much the children have been uh, impacted, fathers and mothers. So it's, it's just a great conference for the family. I'm, I'm curious about the conference because uh, there, there are a lot of folks that just get conferenced out. And, yeah. and yet you guys have seen some explosive growth here. What is it about the conference that's attracting people? Well, yeah. go ahead, Will, you go well, ahead. I, one thing, I, and I'll let you go, one thing I, I think is because of the feel of the conference. Uh, sometimes you can go to a conference and it may feel kind of stuffy. You know, but it, this this feels like a family reunion. You have people that come come every year, and if it really feels like the the family of God, you know. And so, as we are uh, coming together, like mindedness is a big deal too, because there's a lot of people who say, "Man, I didn't know that there were other people who thought like me." And so, when mm-hmm. they come to the conference, they're like, "Man, I'm I'm just relieved to find others that that believe like I believe." Yeah, I think early on it was really important for us to not try to grab names in an attempt to draw people. It was really to speak to where we believe families were in America. Like, what are we wrestling with these days? What are we looking at? And I think being true to that and being faithful to God's word has really resonated with those who attend. Um, there's a feeling of family, but there's also the feeling that it's not a waste of their time, that yeah. it's, it, this, this is meeting my need. Like, I had questions about this. So we, um, just as an example, will have those who form formerly lived in the transgender life. And mm-hmm. not only will they speak to adults, but they will speak to our teenagers right. and they will talk about the tragedy of the deception that they lived in. Uh, one of our uh, conference speakers actually went through a double mastectomy trying to pass as a man. And so she's going to talk about um, just the devastating effect of believing the lies. And I think that really resonates with our attendees. Well, this is going to be pretty exciting, guys. I'm on the website now, and it's just a really a great lineup of of speakers, uh, and it is going to be one of these important events, one of these life changing events, uh, family changing events. I love how you guys frame it: strengthening marriages and families to live faithfully in a culture hostile to truth. And I think that really does explain where we are right now in America. Final words, guys. Yeah, this it, we want to see our country change. There are so many people who want to see a revival in our country. They want to see things shift and they want to see things change. If that shift is to happen, if change is to occur, it will begin in American families mm-hmm. all across this country. And that's what we kind of want to be on the tip of the spear and seeing that happen. Amen. I will say, too, if we want to see revival, I know that, that's been talked about a lot. You know, it's going to happen in our homes. And I, mm-hmm. and I really believe that a conference like this, it, it helps to undergird the family and that's what we're about all right guys well we're going to leave it there uh congratulations we're going to get you you back on but between now and july this this is really a a very important conference and and we want to make sure that as many people as possible can can attend again the the website marriagefamilylife.net that's marriagefamilylife.net and on top of getting some great programs you get to hang out with the cool addisons for the weekend (laughs) (laughs) we look forward to it every year i love it all right well guys we're going to leave it there we are wrapping up the the show today congratulations and uh guys 
God's blessings upon this great conference. Thanks so much. God bless you, Todd. All right. Will and Miki Addison from American Family Radio, they do some incredible work and incredible ministry, important work uh, for the family and for the culture at large. So you're going to want to check that out. It's going to be a lot of fun. Tupelo is a great town, by the way. MarriageFamilyLife.net. All right. Ending the show on a very positive note. Got to check out that, and we're going to get them back on very soon. Hey, in the meantime, folks, head over to ToddSterns.com. Be sure to check out all of our great stories. We're going to do this all over again tomorrow. Jim Jordan on tomorrow's show. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com. <laughs> 